Hello and welcome to Moose and Squirrel, but we're married, a podcast within a podcast. My name is Dr. Patricia Brewer. I'm John Brewer. And we are here to talk to you about a very special episode of Supernatural. It's special. It's very special. And I realized I didn't, I thought that I had read the preview for this episode last time. I don't think I did. We have some updates. Okay. First of all, last episode of our of our bonus pod that's what this is it's a bonus pod where my husband and i watch supernatural i'm the expert that's published in the field of supernatural and john is the is the novice um but we have an update on the flared jeans situation so i have multiple subscription services probably too many uh and one of them is called nadine west and I'm concerned that they're stalking me because they sent me the most comfortable and cute pair of flared jeans in my recent shipment. Okay. And they're amazing. And I love them. Well, wonderful. Yeah, I'm very excited. By the way, everybody behind us, you can hear a bunch of rain because it is raining and the windows are open. And good podcasters will probably close their windows. Let's see. We'll see how hot it gets and see if I'll continue doing it. Yeah, because it is pouring out there right It now. is pouring rain. Ah. Oh, that actually is very effective when you shut the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how are you doing, John? I'm okay. This is, like, the first time that we've been able to publish or to record both of these, like, podcasts that we do before the day that they're due. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's been a lot of recording the day that they're due, uh, but I think they've been going pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, how are you? How are you feeling about our experiences with Supernatural? Oh, I'm enjoying it. The Supernatural. Oh, Supernatural or the Supernatural? Kind of both. Oh yeah. Yeah, very much. Well, um, I have nothing ever happened to me that was supernatural, so I have to assume it's just the TV show. Yeah, you say that, but then you talk about the footsteps in the that were above you when you lived in the haunted house, and you're like, that's not haunting. That's just footsteps. Yeah, it was just an unexplained sound that happened to sound like footsteps. I saw two ghosts in my house when I lived there. I never. Had you seen were there a ghost. for one of them when I thought I saw Lola dead, but I think no, the ghost was messing with me. It was a shirt, but I'm pretty sure a ghost messed with me. No, you threw your shirt on the floor. Okay, I didn't throw my shirt on the floor first of all because we were unmarried at the time, and that is inappropriate. <laughs> we're very appropriate people. So today is the sixth episode. And we're going into a very sexily titled episode called Skin. Oh, is it a sexy episode or just sexy? No, absolutely not. But it's one of the most important episodes, I think, in the season. In the whole season. I think that this one doesn't get enough credit. Because it establishes something that will affect the series for the next 15 seasons. And it causes tension that goes on for the next 15 season okay i'm not going to give it away but it's very important okay okay so to uh discuss the film uh this or the episode is skin episode six written by john shiban directed by robert duncan mcneil original air date october 18th 2005 so this one came right out you know it's that nice like Every week coming out, very good Halloween-y kind of situation. Not quite Halloween, but it's getting there. And uh, this one's kind of gross. So, a demonic shapeshifter 
First of all, yeah. not demonic, but okay. A demonic shapeshifter, shapeshifter adopts the likeness of Sam's college buddy to commit a gruesome murder. When the brothers investigate, the being borrows Dean's form to continue its killing spree. That is the most giving away prompt of or thing of anything. It's about time someone enters Dean. <laughs> oh, okay. I see how things are going. <laughs> well, I think we should go ahead and get started. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Let's eat our ice cream. We have ice cream waiting. <laughs> okay. What a beginning! Yeah, that looked like Dean. It did look like Dean. Okay, so this is the beginning of something that they've done a lot in Supernatural, which is a trope that I adore. And I don't know why it is, but there's something about this particular trope in books and movies that I just... It just gets to me, and I love it. By the way, there is a guitar playing on an, a guitar that is not tuned in the background. One of the children's doing it, and we pick our battles. Mm -hmm. So this is not a battle we're picking right now. So anyway... The favorite trope that I have is when they show you a scene of a thing and then they show you one week earlier. It's like the prelude in a book that gives you the thing that's going to happen like 18 chapters later and you're just waiting for it to develop and maybe you half forget it and then you go back and reread that part to see what the heck was going on. That's what this is. So you got a girl in a chair covered in blood. A bunch of swap team members are going into the biggest house in the world. They find her, and she's like, he's in there. And they find this man, and he looks just like Dean Winchester holding a knife. Yeah. Now, if the dang description didn't give it away. It gave it away. It gave it away. Okay. It's not really him. So now, cut to one week earlier. Let's go. All right, John. Yeah. We've established some things. Do you want to give a summary of what's happened? Um, Sam got an email from a college friend. With a Blackberry. <laughs> he had a Blackberry yeah. and a stylus. It's 2005. Well, he was hip and cool back then. Sam's always the one that has the most recent computer and phone. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, in all the episodes and stuff Dean's like that. Dean's car is like 50 years old. <laughs> so. Yeah, Dean got his from, from his daddy. Okay, so, continue. Okay, while well, they return because... A friend was murdered. Ooh, a friend of Sam's was murdered. Yes. And the murderer was in two places at the same time. <gasps> whoa, whoa, whoa. And yes. The, and the neighbor's dog has gone crazy. The neighbor's dog has gone crazy. So, basically, Sam's friend from Stanford has emailed him to say what's going on. Sam wants to go. Dean doesn't want to go. Dean's like, that's 400 miles away from where we are because they're in, like, St. Louis, I think. And so... Sam makes them turn around, right, to go yeah. back. And what's interesting, one thing that struck me on this reviewing is that, so the house they go to is super swanky, right? Yeah. It's a very rich person house. But it makes a lot of sense if you think when the woman says, so it's uh, Sam's friend, it's her brother that's accused of murder, right? Yeah. And so she was home visiting, like on a summer visit or something like that, and was drinking with her brother all night. When he left at midnight, but the wife had been murdered at 1030 or something, right? Yeah. But anyway, this is a super spanky house. And I realized it's like, oh, yeah, that's why she was able to go to Stanford because she had super wealthy family that paid for it with their rich people money. Yeah. And I just thought that was an interesting touch because sometimes when you watch television, it's like everybody has 
a lot of money, so you have perfect everything's perfect and rich peopley when it when they work at a you know at a Seven Eleven. Yeah. But which doesn't make any sense. But in this case, it does make a lot of sense because she lives in a rich people house and she goes to Stanford. Everything tracks. But her brother seems to be a bad boy. Well, no. The brother well, it seems to be. The brother's a mutual friend. So Sam is friends with both the, the sister and the brother. Yeah. And so he, that's why he wants to help. There's a picture of Sam and them on the refrigerator. Yes. Of the house that is covered in blood currently with the brother's girlfriend slash wife. I'm not sure which one. So it's quite the adventure. Yeah. Don't you think? It, the first one that hits close to home besides their mom being burnt on the ceiling. And his, yeah, and his girlfriend, girlfriend getting yeah. burnt on the ceiling. This one didn't get burnt on the ceiling. And she just got eviscerated, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to... So he, the sister let Sam into the house because the claim is that Dean is a cop. From a, Bisbee, Arizona. From Bisbee, Arizona. I checked, everybody. Bisbee, Arizona, it exists. Yeah. Hello, Bisbeeans. How are you doing today? We're going to tag you in this podcast, right, John? Oh, okay. We're tagging Bisbee, Everybody Arizona. Everybody who lives in Bisbee? All 17 of them. No, I think it's a good... It seems like... Okay, Bisbee, Arizona is a nice town because it is the home of Dean Winchester, Officer Dean Winchester. There was a massacre in Bisbee. Oh. Yeah. There is the Bisbee Raid, the Bisbee Murders, or Bisbee Raid, in which in 1883, six outlaws were part of the Conchise County Cowboys. They robbed a general store. Um, they thought that the store contained a mining payroll of $7,000. They timed the robbery incorrectly and only were able to steal between $800 to $3,000, along with a gold watch and jewelry. During the robbery, they killed four people, including a lawman and a pregnant woman. Oh, Ooh, that's not nice. They crossed a line there. Six men were convicted of the robbery and murders. John Heath, who was accused of organizing the robbery, was tried separately and sentenced to life in prison. The other five men were convicted of murder and sentenced to hang. So the dude that organized it, that caused all the deaths, mm-hmm. got life, but everyone else were sentenced to hang. Mm-hmm. Some people say life in prison is worse. However... Unsatisfied with the Heath sentence, a lynch mob forcibly removed him from jail and hanged him from a telegraph pole on February 22nd, 1984. Yeah, it's my daughter's birthday. <laughs> in not, 1884? Not 1884, but... The birthday. other five men were executed on March 28th, 1884, and they were the first criminals to be legally hanged in Tombstone. Oh. I think I understand now why he chose Bisbee, Arizona. The graves of them and uh, the graves of the five murderers is part of the popular Boot Hill Graveyard tourist attraction tombstone. It says Dan Dowd, Red Sample, Tex Howard, Bill Delaney, and Dan Kelly legally hanged, eighteen eighty four. Whereas I guess the other fellow was not legally hanged because it was a lynch mob, and that's not a good thing. All right, uh, should we keep going? Sure. We just learned a thing. That was all from Wikipedia, everybody. Thank you, Doctor Wikipedia. We just had some research without research. How do you suppose? Oh, just because of their knowledge of shapeshifters? Yeah. So, uh, there's been another incident. Yes. There's a busy businessman. Yeah. And a very sexy skinny lady. And uh, they kiss, leaving a jewelry store. And then later that night, busy businessman comes home and he's like, Honey... I was able to not to not have to do my meeting. The flight was canceled, honey. 
And she's tied to a chair, bloody, screaming and asking for him not to hurt her. Yeah. He's like, what? Don't hurt me anymore. Don't hurt me anymore. And then, what is this? Another busy businessman that looks just like him hits him in the head with the baseball bats. I mean, who would have thought he had a twin brother and never knew it? With shiny eyes. And so earlier we had Sam figure out that from uh, from the surveillance tapes... That the dude's eyes flashed, which is like an indication that there's some kind of supernatural being because the eyes are a window of the soul. And perhaps film is able to show your true self. Okay. And now we have some research in which we realize that there's got to be a shapeshifter. Every culture in the world has a shapeshifter. Yes, they do. All kinds of shapeshifters, and they don't know which kind it is. You had a guess. Skinwalker. Maybe. So they realize that this dude keeps this skin... this. Shapeshifter is what we're going to go with. Not demonic shapeshifter. This demonic thing from the description is incorrect. I don't know what's going on with the description of this stuff, but it's wrong on the on the DVD box set, as beautiful as the cover art is. So, uh, this shapeshifter, which we're going to call it for now, uh, perhaps, like, they're like, can it fly? It just disappears, and the Indian's like, us. But maybe it goes down below. Into the sewers they go. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And so now Sam and Dean are in a stinky sewer. Yeah. Maybe they'll find zombies. Probably not. Probably not. All right, let's go. You know what I'm noticing in this episode? What's that? That there's very distinct direction from this director. There's been scenes that they're not very common throughout the series that are common when this particular director directs episodes. And that is? Well, it's... So they just were trying to search for the shapeshifter. They found shapeshifter goo in the in the, ba- in the basement. <laughs> in, the, in the sewers. The city basement? The city basement. They found shapeshifter goo. And it was a really funny scene where Dean's like, you know, I never thought about this, but when a shapeshifter shifts, there must be, like, extra parts. <laughs> and yeah. so he's holding up gooey, disgusting things. Uh, and so they're looking for the guy. They get punched in the face by shapeshifter. Sam tries to shoot him and doesn't and so they run after him but then the scenes are them in the night looking at like people talking in the in the street at night and kind of running around and stuff like that and it just is an unusual type of direction for supernatural of them searching in this particular way and this one isn't as darkly lit as the other episodes. yes it is definitely a heck of a lot brighter even in the sewer yeah yeah, and so um, it is a very different style of shooting, I think. N- and not in a bad way, but just in a very different way that doesn't necessarily continue on throughout the series. Is there a lot of different directors throughout the series, or is it just like a couple main ones and then a smattering no, of I mean, I think I think that there's probably quite a few directors. Directors of Supernatural. Okay, so Jensen Ackles directed quite a few episodes. Robert Singer, I think Robert Singer and Eric Kipke probably direct a lot. Misha Collins only did a few. There's Kim Manners, uh, Philip Scariccia, Ben Edlund, he did quite a few. Charles Beeson, Michael Roll, James Conway. So, yeah, quite a few. Yeah. As we're going, Richard Spate Jr., who is the most amazing character. Um, there's some There's some bonus content that is just delicious with that guy. Wow, there is a lot. Matt Cohen directed an episode. He's, oh. um... He's one of the characters. He plays young dad. Mark Shepard directed one. Yeah, wow, there's a lot of directors. So, 
No way, Osric Chow. Felicia Day? Did she? No way she directed it. That just is crazy. It's just like, okay, whatever. I don't know, but I think quite a few of them. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I haven't seen the last season yet, so my secret's, oh. my secret's not safe. I'm waiting to see the last season with you, with you or my friend Sarah. Yeah, well, then, probably your friend Sarah, because we're not going to catch up to the last season for years. Probably not, even though we're going to be watching an episode a week. It's still a lot of episodes. We might watch more than one episode a week. We could start recording every day. But then just submit it for publication later. Yeah, maybe. No? Okay. That's so, <laughs> you know what's funny? I've been reading a lot about parasocial relationships and fandoms lately uh, because there's some really toxic ones in some of the shows I really like, including Supernatural and My Brother, My Brother, My Me, and Me, and Adventure Zone. Um, and I was just thinking, like, right now, I think our main listener is like, uh, they are all related to me. So it's not parasocial, it's just regular social relationships. Uh, okay, so we are at a apartment building. Sam in, has been called by his little friend who is mad at him for lying because she just realized that they tricked her into going into the crime scene and they're not really... Like, Dean's not really a cop. Yeah. Someone finally figured Dean out. Oh no, but it happens every episode, so let's keep going. Ooh, John, things are really heating up. Yeah, Dean's really an asshole in this one. Well, <laughs> so Sam and Dean, when when we last left off, were searching for the creature, couldn't find it. Dean and Sam kind of catch back up, and they're talking to each other about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Dean asks Sam for the keys. Sam's yep. like, that's interesting. So he throws the keys, and Dean catches his hand, catches the keys with the wrong hand. Yeah, with his owie shoulder. With his owie shoulder. <laughs> but it got better. Yeah. I got better. <laughs> he didn't have a British accent. You know, don't you know from uh, Monty Python and the Search of the Holy Grail? Oh, Band? yeah. I got better. Yeah. She it's... turned me into a newt. I got better. <laughs> anyway, um, so then we get a lot of bondage scenes between Sam and Dean, in uh, which Sam is tied up and Dean, or shapeshifter Dean... It's talking to Sam and downloading Dean's memories. Yep. And we get a lot of uh, very sad stuff about how Dean had to stay and how Sam left and how he was lucky. And poor Dean was stuck. Yeah, all of Dean's inner thoughts are coming yeah, out. Yeah, so. being stuck with Dad and having to be the good guy as if he didn't have any dreams. Yep. And then we get to something that's very important. So Dude leaves to go see Becky. Yeah, because he knows that Dean wanted to have his way with her. In his yeah, inner thoughts. Which is like, yeah, every single woman Dean ever meets. It's not like Becky's special. <laughs> well, Becky might be special. She might be special, but none of them are special. It's not like if he either. if he wants to look up with every single woman he meets, none of them special. They're all special in their own way. I guess so. I don't know. To this like nice drifter, yeah. um, as he's called. So anyway, shifters goes off to be with Becky and Sam and Dean hook back up because they're tied up in the same place. Why the shifter decided not to kill either of them when they're tied up? I don't know. But maybe it's just not what the shifter's into. The shifter's into hooking up with girls. Yeah, he hasn't killed any of the other men no. that he's taken. He could have. But he likes yeah. setting them up. Yeah. And so there's, I think that's kind of part of it. And because we got a little bit of the shifter's inner monologue of being lonely and disgusting and how to learn how to be like other people. Yeah. Mutating. Changing. 
a sad little Chad. Sad little Chad. Um, and so the shifters with Becky and being s- and portrayed by Jason Ackles so creepily. And that kind of creepy, like, trying to hook, hook up with her and she's just totally grossed out. He crosses a line that's, like, a very subtle line. And she goes from, like, into him to very grossed out very quickly. Yeah. Well, she wasn't really into him. I think she was liking the conversation. And, and then he sta- starts talking about how much he feels like he's the same thing as a shapeshifter. Yeah, and she's he like, just Ugh. needs a human touch. The guy that just murdered all these people and he says he's into it. Yeah. Uh, so Sam and Dean have to put an APB out on Dean. Yeah. And that's going to come back to bite them in the ass for the next 15 seasons. Spoiler. 14 seasons. I told you at the beginning, (laughs) sir. I'm kidding. And we've made it back to the beginning of the episode. Again, my favorite trope. I see it. It's like it happens. You know, plenty of people do this. I flippin' love it so much. You have to try to figure out how we're going to end up in this spot. Yeah, and I just, my brain loves that kind of shit. It's so good. So, we are back at the beginning. Uh, Dean has, or Shapeshifter Dean has killed a couple of the cop dudes with a knife and has run off into the sewers and is about to rip off all the skin. Is that good? Yeah, I think that sounds like it sums it all up. All right, let's go. We only have a little bit of time left, but I thought we would stop and describe what just happened. Do you want to do that? Sure. Where do we leave off? I think we left off with her with uh, fake Jensen killing all the cops and stuff and running into the sewers. Oh, that's right. Well, he uh, reemerges mm-hmm. and changes into the girl he attacked. Yeah. And attacks Sam when he comes to visit. Yes. And Dean finds... What's her name again? Becky. Becky. Finds Becky in the little sewer nook that he yeah. likes to keep his people. Yeah, and, and all of his extra skin. Yeah, and they go to Becky's house just in the nick of time as the shapeshifter is now Dean again and is choking Sam out on the floor. It's very interesting because the shapeshifter is telling Sam all of Dean's anger issues with him. Yeah. But also working out its own anger issues through Dean's memories and past. So Dean shoots his doppelganger. Yep. Multiple times in the heart. Goes up to him. There's a great split screen of Dean looking at himself. And then he rips the necklace off. They call it the Samulet. Oh. Oh. You'll find out why in like three seasons. Well, actually, no. You already know why. I do? Yeah, we watched the Christmas special. Oh, we do? Okay. Well, let's keep going. <laughs> You're right. All right now. Do you think it's all right now? It sounds like it's all right now. Yeah, everything's fine. This Dean Winchester guy has apparently been framed for all those murders. Yeah. But he was. Him. But they had a body. They buried him. Mm-hmm. So he's dead. He's dead. And everyone got released. Everything's fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm sure everything's great. Yeah, totally. This will never come back again. Nope, it definitely won't be a recurring plot point for the next 15 years. <laughs> well, I really like this episode again. It's very important to establish that we will see shapeshifters again. Oh, boy. We will see the use of electronics and surveillance videos and cameras and things like that to kind of indicate whether something is not right. Which we've seen before in this in the show. Yeah, they like to play with people's eyes. Yeah, they like to play with people's eyes, but also like... 
I guess the idea is that if something's not human, it plays around with electromagnetic fields. So you yeah. end up with kind of wacky things on the screen. Okay. And what did you think of the episode? I thought it was good. Yeah, what about the music? The music was good. Nice, uh, hey man, nice shot by Filter when he's ripping Dean's skin off. Well, nice. being shot at by the cops as well. Yeah. And all right now by Free at the end. Yeah. Those are the two that I noticed. I don't remember if there was anything else. You, me- you noticed something at the beginning that you told me about, but I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what it was either anymore. We got to start saying these things in advance, I guess. Or yeah. Keep, keep in notes. This is not a note-taking podcast. It did not seem to really have any context to what was on the screen, so I kind of disregarded. Yeah, just like a rock, random rock kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but all right now and free, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And hey man, nice shot as the cops are missing them with the bullets. Yes, that's very good. We got some unfortunately dead squad people. So I think our body count, we have two dead cops, uh, two dead ladies. Two dudes in prison. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. One dead lady and one lady that was horribly mutilated. Well, one was mutilated one was attacked. I thought they were both... The first lady was dead. dead. Oh, the second one. The one we the didn't get to hear. Man? Yeah, the busy businessman was alive. Oh, are you but sure? the yeah. Oh, she must have been to say. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because she she fingered him. Gross. Oh, well, John, uh, I think that we're gonna have a, a short one today because my back hurts. Okay. Uh, but you know what? There's only like a couple things to do here. Well, we got to go over the next episode. Oh, yeah. Let's go over the next episode. Let's not be bad podcasters and forget. So next episode is a fantastic episode, which I remember where I was on October 25th, 2005. You do? I saw this episode live. I thought you didn't watch it till like season three. I didn't. Uh, my, my roommates, Emily and Sarah, did. Okay. And I saw this episode. We the first few episodes I saw some of them on the TV on Sarah's little tiny TV that was also a um, it was a VHS and DVD player I think wow. this little TV she had when we were in college. But on October twenty fifth two thousand five, I watched this in my dorm, and in a quiet Iowa college town, a minister prays to protect his parishioners' children. But another minister, a two-centuries-old madman with a hook for a hand, wants them terrified, slashed, and dead. Episode 7, Hook Man! You know, you know when Peter Pan, Captain Hook? Yeah? What was his name before he got his hand cut off? I thought it was just Hook. It just happened to be... What a weird coincidence. Yeah. That his name was Hook, and then he got a hook. Well, my name used to be Gross, and I was pretty gross sometimes, and your name's Brewer, and you make beers. Yeah, but I didn't make beers when I was, like, two. Captain Hook got his hand cut off, like, when he was an old man. Yeah. Not when he was two. But he should have seen that coming. That's probably true. That's probably true. All right, honey. Well, what else is there to do? Um... Driver picks the music? No. Husband picks the music. And wife does the research. All right, goodbye. (laughs) Hi there, Trish here. John and I are so glad you've decided to listen to this episode. To contact us, please email up to and including death at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials, up to and ID at just about everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that's up to and ID 
and that too is the number two. If you have a moment, it'd be great if you can review us on iTunes as long as it's five stars. <laughs> Thank you to Stefan Kartenberg for the use of his song Fire and Ice in the intro and outro in the middle of our program. Uh, Fire and Ice is a rock mix by Stephen, Stephen Kartenberg, copyright 2017, licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you. Goodbye.